There's two major football activities happening right now. It's transfer portal season, but then on Saturday, we also have the Celebration Bowl. So let's unpack it all with Gerald Huggins. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the mouth of the South. Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Make it locked on HBCU. Your first listen of the day, every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is about the two biggest things happening in black college football right now. That's the transfer portal. Because everybody's going in the transfer portal, about to see who teams are going to get from the transfer portal very soon. But then also the celebration bowl between Howard and Florida AM. So let's unpack all of that. Let's do it with our guy, Gerald Huggins. My man. What's going on, bro? How you doing today? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I can't complain. It's been a <laughs> funny day on social media because of the transfer portal. So it was just, it was, it was been a little comical. And I've been on yeah. them on different shows and talking to people about family versus Howard. Um, I actually went to Howard the other, uh, other day. Uh, so their practice before they oh. head off. So um, I got a chance to talk to them and, um, you know, um, Kenny Gallup became a finalist for the newest winners award, him, Jordan tolls and Michael, uh, Mikey Victor. So shout out to them. Uh, very deserving young men. So I'm proud of them. Um, and uh, yeah, the transfer portal thing, <laughs> it's just, I just think a lot of people need to start living in reality because I always remember when I was a bodyguard, I went to this class and he said, there's a world we live in and there's a world you want to live in. Mm -hmm. So like how he explained it with protection, like, hey, you know, if you go down that street, that street has had a history of crime. So you walk down that street and something happens to you. There's a world. Yeah, you should walk down the street and be like, yeah, nothing should happen to me. Is You know, I should walk down sky free. But the reality is Every the other the people that came before you end up having a crime committed against them. So what makes you think you're so special? So that's why I want HBCUs. I'm not gonna put call anybody out or anything like that unless Darian needs me to. But at the end of the day, there's a reality. I'm a college football coach. I am a college. You should probably listen to the college football coaches that are dealing with the portal, that are dealing with hey, my player just went all conference. Someone's in his DM from an FCS school, FBS school, depending on what level you're at. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Because that's really the first question. That's why I just let you rock, because that's the first question. Do you think that we should all collectively just reach the point to where if a player has a really good season, we expect them to enter the transfer portal? And if they don't, we're relieved, but we should expect this to be the case. 
Because yeah. I'm at that point. I know you're at that point, but it doesn't feel like a lot of people are at that point. Yo, do we? Okay. I don't know if anybody has noticed, but people could pretend there's going to be a huge drop-off talent-wise for next year. Because a lot of the guys that I would say were top prospects going into next year, they're leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're gone. I'm The only ones that haven't, I mean, shout out to Morgan. They've been able to keep Eric Hunter and Carl uh, and um, Carl and um, uh, Elijah Williams. So that's a blessing. Thank the Lord for them. So that's why they probably need to be looked at maybe a potential favorite for next year because their guys are coming back. But for the most part, a lot of people are losing their best players, man. Like Alabama State just lost their not just their two best defensive players, their two play, best probably best players on their team, but Adrian Maddox and uh who they lost to uh Keyshawn Johnson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are like Legit. Keyshawn Johnson was like the whole offense. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like he's and so I mean, let's granted some kids' situation is they have one year left for grad. They want to just go take a shot next level. You know, my biggest thing is just grad. If you want to graduate from HBCU, that's my thing. Just graduate from one, take your grad year, and go somewhere if that's what you want to do. I have no issue with that. I really don't have an issue with them leaving at the year two. I just have a preference of like, yo, just get your HBCU degree. You know, saying yeah. then you can do your thing with your next institution. All good. But I'm a realist, man. I live in reality. I know these players have been getting contacted for a little while before they even hit the portal. Okay? They got friends that go to other universities. They probably done told the coach, like, yo, I got a guy. You know, he got one year left. He's trying to get out of it. He just went all conference. And I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I think the promotion of our guys, the way we've been doing it, you know, I'm going to, you know, always pat draft HBC on our back because, you know, I'm starting to think that, you know, Let's call space space. A lot of, <laughs> I'm not trying to throw anything out there, but a lot of FBS and a lot of FCS coaches, fans, is that they follow us. Cause like mm-hmm. when, when they hit the portal ladder, like when Corey Bullock hit the portal, I had a bunch of people from Cincinnati and Maryland, everybody hitting us asking, how is Corey Bullock? How is he a player? So they're looking, they're scouting HBCU players throughout the year, waiting to see who goes all. The kid from Tuskegee is getting <laughs> so many offers. He's getting so many offers. The wide receiver, really good. So I'm just like, we have to live in reality. Yes, no one outwardly should say HBCUs should really just look like we're just, you know, should really cater to just being a JUCO or just that's what I get. That's what the tweet was. I get it. But he's just saying what everybody else is already knowing and doing and practicing and understanding that, yeah. My running back just ran for 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns, and he has two years left. And we're in, we didn't make the celebration bowl or the swag championship or the MEAC championship or win the MEAC championship. He's gone. He's yeah. out of here. He's yeah. gone. And if he stays, thank the Lord. But that's not reality. Reality is if kids have a lot of freedom, and with freedom comes, you got to bring some change. And what brings what comes with change? You have to adjust. So let everybody. Y'all be mad because none of y'all are coaches inside the building. Y'all not dealing with the portal. Y'all not dealing with having to deal with not only the kids leaving through portal. We have to make sure that they get into another institution because that's going to affect us if they don't. So y'all aren't there. But I'm always from everybody deserves to have an opinion. Okay. Everybody deserves to use the bathroom. However, y'all not there. So I'm telling you from a coach, we are everyone's preparing for players to leave. It doesn't matter. As long as soon as that portal opens up, even before that, we gotta be proactive. Like, yo, this kid just went off. 
Jackson. Now, granted, the kids at Lincoln, they love it here. So I'm cool with that. Because Malachi Lang, Isaiah Freeman, I love it. Ah, right, listen, yeah. they love it here. I'm cool. I'm if they they stay for you, I'm in, I'm in love. They have two years left together. They'll be the most dynamic duo in HBCU football quarterback wide receiver. I'll take that for two more years. But I always will say, I am a realist, and I'm going to continue to be one. And I'm not going to live in my my little whatever I believe the world should be. No, I'm living what the world is. So the world is these kids are going to leave. Yeah, sums it up. So, so I'll say this, right? I came on here and and I I criticized Devin Smith's decision to leave North Carolina Central, not because of his talent, but I didn't feel like I didn't feel like he set himself up to be a priority when he tried to transfer to the FBS level, right? Mm -hmm. So, if a kid is coming to you and saying, "Hey, Coach Huggins, I'm thinking about entering the portal," what boxes are you asking for them, or what boxes do they need to check for you to say, "All right"? I, I I understand. I approve. And I would also tell you to enter the portal. Oh, listen, I don't hold anybody hostage. OK, maybe 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 not a coach of yours. Maybe somebody you're advising, somebody who oh. they say, hey, I'm thinking about coming to the portal. Oh, yeah, like, like, and, and they know if, they, if you think it's a good idea, oh, not yeah. not a Lincoln athlete, but someone else, period, yeah. at any other HBCU just looking for your advice. Oh, listen, I've, I've had players ask me, but I was like, listen, it ain't about what I think. You just got to believe you have to really just put faith into, hey, my stock is that high. So I'm like, players, you need to realize if you did not play at an institution, definitely at an FCS or D2 level, what makes you think you're going to move up to Power 5 and they're going to offer you? You know what I'm saying? You have to be elite. For the most part, there's always an outlier in everything. But for the most part, if you didn't go all conference in, in D2 or D or FCS, what are you looking to go anywhere else for? This is yeah. this, unless you just unless you were supposed to go there and you couldn't qualify or something, and then you just took your, you got a year in under and at another school, and then the coach, I guess y'all kept constant communication, which might be the most legal thing ever, but whatever. You kept constant communication, and now you hit the portal after you got your grades up or whatever, and now you can go. Okay, that happens too, but it just. Bold, I'll just tell a kid you have to know your style, you have to know your worth, but you also have to know what or how people view you as well, what they worth of you is. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I think that's a little it's usually unbalanced. So you'll see that's why a lot of kids end up at home without a scholarship because they bet on themselves. And well, we've all, we've all, uh, as you know, FanDuel, right? Mm -hmm. Was a sponsor, mm -hmm. all bet before, mm -hmm. and just like. Ooh, oh, just oh god, you just need to run running back to just get 25 yards, and that's just the game. He gets 80 yards every other game, so he just gotta get 25. This game he ends up getting 22. So that's yeah. just that's we've, been how we've been there. Matter of fact, matter of fact, as we move forward, there's a couple of running backs that we probably need to look at on each side of the football as we preview the celebration bowl as we continue with locked on HBCU. What well, there you have it, FanDuel, right? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. What a beautiful transition. I don't even know if you knew that was coming, but what a beautiful transition. That's my job, though, Gerald. Right? It's your job to go to fanduel.com slash locked on and hope that your boy Chuba, uh, Chuba Hubbard can get more than 80 yards, right? I don't think we're putting much money on the Panthers and Saints this year unless we really want to be disappointed. Let's go with something else. But whoever your favorite team is, go to fanduel.com slash locked on, put some money down on your team some of your favorite players. If you win a $5 money line bet, then you're going to get $150 back 
in bonus bets. So you're a winner on top of being a winner. Maybe it's basketball season for you, right? I'm still hoping that my Pelicans can continue. It was a little bit hiccup against the Lakers, but other than that, they've been on a good stretch. I want to look at those things, right? So FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, remember, Locked On Sports Today has the first ever 24-7 podcast stream on Locked On Sports Today. Check it out anytime we are still going. And I have Gerald Huggins from Draft HBCU and Lincoln University. I had to go to Google because I need to get this man's full qualifications. It was too much. Gerald Huggins, Jr., assistant football coach linebackers coach pro liaison media relations and he just told me special teams coordinator too so let's make sure that we give all of the qualifications here because he can speak on the portal better than most people can now let's look towards the celebration bowl right and 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 here's the thing for me i've heard the meag versus swag talk i've heard it i know what it's like mm-hmm is there a true difference in MEAC football versus SWAC football that gives the MEAC this advantage year after year? Oh, most definitely. They're more what's, what's, what's the difference? What is the difference that gives this conference an edge? More physical. More physical. They're, they're old school football for the most part. I mean, there's wrinkles, but in the day, you know, they're going to run the ball and they're going to do it efficiently and they're going to do it until they can't do it anymore. And they also play a tougher schedule out of conference, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you believe in that kind of thing, you know, battle tested. Um, I believe that the defense is kind of kind of even out for the most part. But I think, you know, we want to I mean, there's more teams in the in the SWAC, but you could say Morgan, Howard, Central can compete with most defenses in the SWAC. Now, I will say Alabama State and FAMU, I think they're they'll be tied for number two behind Morgan. And then you could fight for Howard, Howard, Alabama State, and, and Central. But for the most part, out of top maybe five or six defenses in black college football, three may be in the MEAC. There's that. Rushing-wise, I mean, you pick your poison with who you, who the running games that you're going to see, Central's running game, Howard's running game. You know, believe it or not, Delaware State, they could have had a better running game than they just did. But even Morgan <laughs> had a solid running game. You know, right? What I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think running the ball, the big, the way they just establish dominance and how physical they are. Because that's why I usually, I know people will usually say Alcorn, well, Alcorn, I always mess it up. Alcorn will could play in the MEAC because one, they usually, for the most part, they play a really a pretty nice out of conference schedule for the most part. They schedule pretty well. And they're physical, very physical team. Alcorn's very, 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 very physical. That's why, you know, when they were at that height, they made it to the Celebration Bowl. Now, I mean, they ran into A&T, you know, bless their heart. A um, lot of teams ran into A&T. Yeah, man, but that was yeah, – they ran into A&T, bless their heart. But that, those were physical games. I mean, some got out of hand for love price. But end of the day, you know, I believe Alcorn, and I believe even FAMU. FAMU, I mean, because – if anybody knows me at football, we'll be Willie, you know, so he knows. You know, and That's a good point. I, I, I'll ask this. 
does fam use time in the MEAC? Because Willie did spend himself two years in the MEAC. Does that give them an advantage because they have been so close? I know it's been three years since they've been in the SWAC. And we looked at that on yesterday's episode about why they are truly a SWAC team. But does that history give them a little bit of an edge over other SWAC opponents? Or excuse me, not over SWAC opponents, but edge in this game over some of their SWAC opponents that they that could have been in this place? I think FAMU is built, you know, I mean, let's be real. Since FAMU left the MEAC, they still were pretty good against the MEAC since they left. I mean, they beat, they've been beating South Carolina State very handily since they left the MEAC. And mm-hmm. one of those years, they went to the Celebration Bowl and ended up winning. So, you know, I mean, South Carolina State ended up going to Celebration yeah. Bowl winning. So, I mean, there's that situation. I mean, I just think Willie and the recruiting staff, they knew how to put together this roster. They put together a roster to make it to the Celebration Bowl uh, and win it. Or at least, I mean, that's why, I mean, you can't tell me just based on, like, they have a nasty offensive line, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not the 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 biggest guys, but they have a, a mean streak to them. When they do decide they want to really round the run the ball, they can. And also, their running backs are built like defensive tackles. I mean, I say tackles, and they're huge. Like these guys are really big. So they have the running game. So they okay, Miak running game. All right, what's next? Defense. They have that quarterback game manager. You might have someone that might now. Davius is not, he ain't no he's not. He's not a game manager. And I, I just want to put that out here. There's nothing wrong with being a game manager. It literally just means you're doing everything. You're, you're just doing everything right. You're not going to blow the game for your team. You're just going to you're gonna make sure you do your job. Everybody around you just needs it. You want to say, dude, listen, get the ball out to your best players, quarterback. Let them do their thing. We gotta have a we gotta have a talk about that because this isn't the stage for it. But I do want to get into the game manager negative. I seen I seen your tweet about the negative connotation around yeah. game manager that you don't feel should be this. So, so we we gotta we gotta get into that because it is something I want to get into. But it's yeah. not really it's 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 not here. So we ain't gonna get to it on no, the show. No, I just I just say the me um, FAMU is set up to put, be able to produce celebration bowl victories. Like this is a really well put together roster shout out to the recruiting coordinator this roster could win and compete in the MEAC you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah, so i i mean let's not pretend like okay some people <laughs> i'm a realist here we go right bam you there's a chance that since they left the MEAC and went to the swag if they would have stayed in the MEAC they could have been in those celebration bowls like barring any you know craziness happening they had a roster and they had the players to compete and be in the celebration bowl if they would stay, they would stay in the MEAC. So let's not, this is not a, they're not a SWAC school. They're just a MEAC school that just ends up, we just kicked them. Well, not kicked them. They left and now they're in the SWAC. This is, I know that's going to sound whatever. Yes, they're okay. Some people say they're SWAC. I don't care. No, the SWAC people don't even claim FAMU. Now they want to. I, I ain't SWAC people. All right, look, I'm, I'm TSU people. I, I, I claim them. All right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm I'm not with you. I claim them because the majority of their roster now, they came in in the SWAC, or maybe they played a freshman year, uh, slight contributors in the MEAC. Now, if fam you would have came in in the first year, they just they just rolled over and got into the celebration bowl, then yeah, I would hear what they're saying because they came straight from the MEAC and they were able to get to the celebration bowl in the swag. But for me, 
Moose ain't never played in the in the MEAC. Major ain't never played in the MEAC. I don't think Bowler. This I don't think this Bowler has played in the MEAC. They got some guys, but I'm claiming them, man. They, screw, screw everybody else who be doing that. That that uh, y'all ain't really with us. Yeah, I, I got. Listen, I'm with you. I'm. <laughs> I like. I just. I like FAMU's roster. I had them ranked yeah. as the best constructed team when the season started. That's in that's in writing. You can find it on drafthbcu.com. I have no reason to hide it. I thought they were the best constructed uh, team from the head coaching, OC, DC, and their their positions. That was the best sculpted all around roster. Then the game started being played, and well, I mean, it started. It was fam, it was FAMU, Central, and Howard, and those three have flipped all year to me. I know Howard has some really bad games, but everybody has everybody, yeah. even if the ones that they won, it was. So I just think that they're constructed well. Howard is also very constructed well with a big offensive line. Some of the, the best running back trip <laughs> was a, was a, the best running back. What do you call it? Not trio. Stand, trio. Yeah, mm-hmm. best running back trio in the FCS, hands down. They have DBs that have excel. All of them are playing way better than they have any other year. All the DBs are playing their best year of football at Howard, which is amazing to hear. And then the linebackers, they do what they're doing. <laughs> How do I put this? On? So the linebackers, the game manager. <laughs> He's going to say that. Howard. Because they don't, they're not messing up. They're doing their job. All they're asked to do is just make when you're supposed to make it mm-hmm. to your shallow zones if something comes across the middle you take it on if you in man coverage the running back leaks just go to the running back they're just doing their job yeah and that's what i like and the d-line is just creating havoc and i know they might not look the part but i'll tell you those guys are strong they're quick they have an anchor and they're tenacious so they're built very well oh and let me just throw out that they have one of the best receivers in HBCU football, and Casey Hawthorne too, and they have a quarterback who could be a very solid game manager. Quentin Williams, he's another one. All he has to do is manage the game, just like he did versus Morgan. That is a, you know what? That Morgan game was as clear as like it was like he didn't do anything to make them lose. Mm-hmm. He didn't give the game mm-hmm. away. He knew that his defense could stop Morgan's offense, and he just knew like, listen, if I score two touchdowns, we good. I mean, granted, it wasn't pretty, but he managed the game. He made all the right. He made the throws he needed to make. He brought it down and decided to run. He did it when he was supposed to. Fine. I'll take it. Because guess what? They won the game. So just throw that back out there. About the I game. agree. I agree. Okay, so let's move forward and really dive in to the game itself. Let's break down each team where they have the advantage. And then if you want a prediction, I'm not really big for predictions, but I know some people are. If you want to give a prediction – you can, but I ain't going to push that on you. But we'll do all of that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's very simple. You can go in there, pull up the app. I have the app. Let's see who's who's up here for Thursday night football tonight. Let's see, because I saw Aiden O'Connell, and you also have Easton Stick. Let's see what their passing totals are so Easton Stick has 198 and a half yards, and then you have O'Connell. Can't see O'Connell right now, but Stick has 198.5. Do you think he's going to have more or less passing yards than that on Thursday Night Football versus the Raiders? It's the simple thing you can do touchdown comparison. So you have Joe Mixon, 0.5. Is he going to have 
0.5 rushing, receiving, or passing combined. So basically, is he going to score a touchdown? You do that with two to six players, and then you put your entry, how much you want to put in. And if you're a winner, you're going to make your money. If not, they have certain circumstances where you're able to get your money back if somebody gets injured. It's all perfect. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college and have your first deposit matched up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. I got my guy, Gerald Huggins, friend of the show on to not only discuss the transfer portal, but then to also look at the Celebration Bowl in and of itself. And I think a lot of conversation around this Celebration Bowl has been around FAMU. I feel like a lot of the conversation around the MEAC football just in general this year has been around Central. And it feels like Howard has been consistently overlooked or not at least discussed as much. So for somebody who hasn't paid as much attention to the Bison, what are they missing? Or what what do you think people in general are overlooking about Howard? Their defense. Okay. They don't no one no one thinks their defense is good. Mm-hmm. They have improved mightily. I know the South Carolina State game was bad. They all they know it and we all know it. But that defense has done they've done what they're supposed to do. Um they had their games where, you know, they have some lapses, but you just saw when the defense kind of get when they kind of like got momentum and came together, the team just looked so much better. It looked so much cleaner. This is an older unit. This unit has been together for a while. You know what I mean? So I just think people need to realize that this team schematically, I mean, the coach, the DC is doing a great job of dialing it up too. I mean, schematically, you could do whatever you want with this defense. You could drop, you could just rush four and drop seven into zone coverage, or you could drop, you could drop, uh, you could, um, play straight zero coverage or play one or play one high or play two high. Like mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want with them. They can sink into a uh, couple four. They can sink into cover three. They don't matter. Cover two doesn't matter. They're front four. And then also, well, the front four is like the way they do a lot of stunting. They do a lot of, a lot of games loops. So with, uh, on top of that, between that, the strength that they have against the run, which is a very under, um, I'll say it's like a underrated aspect of their game because they do have two strong stout guys in the middle. They're not the biggest guys, but they're strong. And then their edge guys are able to set the edge uh, with Darian Brokeberg and Ian White. They're able to set the edge. So they're able to stop the run. They have DBs that can cover man coverage or they could just drop back into zone coverage and they have the ability to move and shift and work off of work off an assignment, go to another assignment and be able to make plays on the ball. So I think that's the most underrated part. I just know people attribute most of their success, you know, to their offense, which is fine because their offense, when it's dialed up and everything's going, how it's, I mean, it, it looks good. It looks pretty. Um, I think that, you know, Q will gets a lot of flack, which is, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, they say he's inconsistent, but you show me a quarterback in the world. That's just good. Every single game. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I know his, you know, it's like a, it's really no in between. It's like, oh, he's either here or here, but yeah. isn't that most quarterbacks in HBCU football? So that's like, you know, I don't know why he gets most of the, I don't know why he gets most of the hate. And I ain't gonna call it hate, most of the criticism, but it's like he's not doing anything, you know, 
different than a lot of the quarterbacks that we hold in higher regard. Um, that's why I picked them to be second team, all uh, all draft HBCU, HBCU All-American, because he showed me that, hey, listen, he could do what he got to do. Listen, the guy won two straight MEAC championships, regardless of what people say. He won it last year, and I he won know. this year. Regardless of people say. I know. No, I get people. Yeah, well, listen, I get it. It's just like, I get it, but he won two straight. Um, he's a winner in high school. He has, he's been built for this moment. Like going to Atlanta and playing for all those people doesn't do anything to him. He's like cool, calm, collective. That's just the kind of guy he is. Now, you know, all quarterbacks have that little, you know, that side to them where they just, you know, they kind of could be a little out there and a little extra, but Hey, I don't mind it because guess what? You're managing the game. We're winning the right. We're winning the games. We're supposed to win. Um, so I'll say between Q Will having a solid year that's being under um underlooked, then I'll say the offensive line. Well, everybody knows about the offensive line. I think we think we got to talk about that. But I will say the defense for the most part um is uh something I think people don't really pay attention to. But yeah, I, I understand why, because you know, Morgan State, oh, you know, the defense, which they did have the best defense. I know Coach Coach Johnson gonna hate that I said that, but you know, he's Morgan they had the best defense, but Howard's defense played is has been playing the best the last three games of this season so far. I've died they've they've had a solid stretch. Um that yeah. Cyclone State game, like I said, was a little iffy, but when the central game and that Morgan game, they showed what they're able to do. And then they started to put it all together. So um I know that's an underrated part that people just don't really like to discuss. And shout out to Kenny Gallup. He's yeah. leading the front. He's leading it. And Jevin Jackson, really the, the heart and soul of the team. I know he doesn't get a lot of pub number 10 from uh, Howard, um, but him and Kenny, those like they, those are the guys. Um, so I I like them a lot. Um, I think they should get more recognition. But, you know, hey, I did my part. I <laughs> I said I called it. They will be here a long time ago. I said they're going to win a celebration bowl. I really do feel like they're going to win. I can't predict the score. But I just know it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I don't think it's going to be a – I don't see a – I'm not going to say it's going to be like Grambling versus Central, but mm-hmm. I'll say it'd be like – you know, I'll say, you know, you can probably see – I'll say about five touchdowns total score between the two teams, something like that. Nothing crazy. Okay. Yeah. Now, real real quick before I let you get out of here, because we both got places that we got to go, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. But what is the biggest advantage for Howard and the biggest advantage for FAMU as we go into the celebration bowl. Ooh, biggest advantage. If um, biggest advantage for Howard is their running game. And the biggest advantage for FAMU is their special teams. Mm, I like that one. So I like that one. It now I'll be lying. Listen, Howard has gotten better on special teams. But we for those who watch, you know, they've had their 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 moments, you know, and I just think, well, I know something special teams wise is going to happen in this game. It's going to flip the game. It happens every year. Yeah. So now we just got to figure out which team is going to be. That's going. Is family going to be uncharacteristic and mess and just completely look inept on special teams? I don't foresee that happening. I just think that something's going to happen. So I don't know if it's going to be a muff punt, it might be a block kick, something, mm-hmm. something will happen. But I will say those are the two advantages because family has. Now we'll see. Howard does have a bona fide kick returner too. They have a few, you know, maybe right. they have a few guys that could run it back there too. So 
it's 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 something I would lean more towards FAMU, but I know that that running game for Howard, man, that's a great equalizer. Cause they get that going, Q will Q will probably gonna throw the ball 10, 15 times. They're gonna get they get four or five yards a pop. They're not gonna stop. Why would they start running? Q all they gotta do is do listen, hey, little RPO here, right? Yeah, here, you know, deep shot just to kind of keep everybody honest. But Q will don't have to do too much. They get that running game going. No, no, sir. No, sir. Well, there you have it, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Celebration Bowl. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, I don't have a dog in the race. I'm not rude. I, I'm not one of those uh, swag supremacy guys. Like, I'm not really one of those big conference guys. Like, I'm here for my school. And if my so, school ain't the team. So just say it, man. Who you think going to win based on what you know? Based on what you know, who you think? Who you think has the best shot at winning? Just based on what you know. My you know, gut really tells. Honestly, my gut tells me that FAMU, this is FAMU's year. I don't know what it is in particular, but this tells me that it's FAMU's year. I just, I just, I struggle to be confident because I know a lot of it's going to come down to Jeremy Musa, and they've had their inconsistencies there, and it's a like it's, it's almost like for me, it's almost like basketball, right? We've seen times where the star player goes out. Can you weather that storm? You know, and I think that FAMU is probably going to have a slow spot somewhere in here. And it's going to be on offensively, they're going to have this slow spot. And it's going to be like defense. Can you weather that storm when they need to get back into their groove? And, and that's what makes it a little difficult. This, that's what makes it difficult to me. But I, I'm, I'm going to go with FAM. I'm going to go with FAM. See, you know, you, you don't push me. I don't like doing that. I, know. I don't like doing the, the predictions. I know, though, but I just like. It really is going to boil down to the two QBs. Which one do we see? Who's going to be? Who, somebody's going to be off and somebody's going to be on. Who's it going to be? It, it's, it's going to be a tough one. But let me, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. G will be doing this thing. He probably going to go back doing his recruiting tour like he's been doing. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but tomorrow we'll break down our three matchups, our two storylines, and our key to victory. And I kind of hinted a little bit towards it with Jeremy Musa. That's part of my key to victory for fam you. So that's just a little tease for tomorrow. But in the meantime, in between time, until next time that we hear each other family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.